Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. That means it's time for another Sorry Folks podcast with Matt and Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Matt. It's June 7th, 2018, season nine, episode five. We're moving. We're, ro- we're rolling now. Yeah. Yeah. We're a machine. We have so much to talk about. Okay. Hey, can I... I, I know I know this might drive our listener nuts, but I can't get over the the trivia. I love I love the trivia. I love the personal. We're almost two weeks away from the start of the World Cup. Okay. It's exciting. It's all you know. If you like soccer. Who doesn't like soccer? Mm. Do you like bugs? Then I've got something for you. An update on our uh, can we make it the honorary soy uh Soybean Pest Podcast soccer team. Sure. Uh, Bug Eaters FC out of Nebraska. We talked about them last week. That was our fit for last week. That was our fit. Well, the Bug Eaters are on a win streak. They just beat FC Barraleros Barraleros of Kansas City 3-1 on June 2nd. 3-1. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a uh, lot of scoring for soccer, it, it seems is. like. It okay. is. Yeah, they let one through, but what are you going to do? Uh, they are back in action on June 9th in St. Louis against St. Louis FC Maritza. And I feel then, like you want to turn this into a soccer podcast. I, Would that make you so happy, Matt? Oh, oh, yeah, your face says oh, everything. Wouldn't that be awesome? Mm-hmm. A semi-pro soccer podcast. <laughs> I just, I Just a couple more things, and then we can get on the insects. This is why I'm excited. June 15th. The Bug Eaters are going to be in Iowa against Des Moines, the uh, Des Moines Menace, in an exhibition game. Why is it an exhibition game, you ask? Because Des Moines Menace are an actual professional team. Bug Mm. Eaters, only semi-professional. Menace? The Des Moines Menace. Des Moines Menace. Yeah, the Menace. The Menace. And then on June 17th, they complete their tour of Iowa. They play Union Dubuque FC. It's quite that? a whirlwind tour. Well, yeah. Midwestern tour. Yeah, it's yeah. a Midwestern tour. Mm-hmm. So, go bug eaters. Do your do your worst down in St. Louis. And then, uh, mm-hmm. hey, if you're lucky, you might see me in the crowd on June 15th. Get one through the uprights. Oh, uh, wait, that's not that's, that's, that's okay. Not, that's not mm-hmm. how that works. Keep your stick on the ice? Uh, no? no? Okay. Get, it's not my close. sport. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. Get, uh, ground and pound. <laughs> Aaron likes the... uh, (gasps) Mixed martial arts, yes. Sometimes it looks like that Mm. when you're playing against a really rough team. Anyway, we've got other... All right, so got that out of the way. Should we talk insects? Sure. Um, Just a couple big weather things when it comes to... This isn't really pest management, but it is crop management. We just had a weather front run through central Iowa last night and fourth hail event of the season it does seem like like a remarkable number in mm-hmm. a short period of time and there was some significant hail that came down uh, last night mm-hmm. we had one field that was uh, one field that we're doing some research at that was wiped out there they've got the uh, insurance claim in and the adjusters coming out um, so when you say wiped out do you mean um that the stems were snapped off or it was a cornfield, golf oh, corn. ball size, uh, nothing but the main stem, all the leaves sheared away. But the but they're not at V7, are they? Uh, no, they wouldn't. No. Why? What's the cutoff there for V7? Well, it's my understanding that the growing point of corn is below ground until V7. So plants can look pretty shredded on top of the soil surface, either mm-hmm. through defoliation mm-hmm. or... Uh, but the growing point, as long as it's preserved... Um, so, but if they're bringing out crop insurance adjusters, that yeah. 
must be more severe than that or further along in growth? This was a report brought back to me by a student. And oh. they, they said it looked pretty bad. Yeah, it can and look the, bad. And the, but and the farmer was there and said, yeah, we, we're not sure if it's going to stay corn. Or at maybe, this point, it'd maybe, be really hard to put it back into corn. Yeah, so maybe they would plant into soybeans yeah. as a way to manage weeds and get something out of the field. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah it was, I mean, we had hail for a good, I'd say, 30 minutes in, in Ames. Yeah. And it, it was dime size at times, and but not the golf ball size that was described and this was out in Tema County so yeah there's been a few hail events in north central Iowa where uh, field agronomist Angie Rekens has noted uh, not only in corn but soybean as well where soybean is basically the cotyledons are like snapped off and that's a little bit different because that that is the growing point but for corn and maybe I just don't know enough about uh, hail injury mm-hmm. is that um, you can get quite a bit of basically shredding of the leaves but the, the the corn plant could still grow, but um, maybe if the injury was severe enough, they're considering replant options. And that's what a lot of the field agronomists in northern Iowa are talking about is, do you go back into corn with a shorter uh, maturity, or do you you know, switch to soybean? Do you do something else? What can you do at this point of the year? Yeah, and you make the point about you know the, the difference between corn and soybeans, and this, this now maybe transition into some pest activity. Uh, the cotyledon being really the central growing point for soybeans, if that's damaged or removed, that, that plant's dead. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a sensitive stage in the plant's uh, growth and one where and I, not a lot of protection you can do for, for hail, but for insects you're hoping a seed treatment or, you know, if something else were needed, maybe a foliar application. I've been noticing, um, you know, I went out this morning to visit a couple fields. Uh, beans are up. This was in being north of us up in Fort Dodge. Beans are up and into maybe V1 in some places. But a lot of places that had just been planted and they haven't yet emerged. And so still a sensitive time, right? So pest activity right now, What you know, what are we looking at? Have you gotten any? In soybean, yeah. I really haven't heard of much other than uh, bean leaf beetle noted, but not particularly severe. And there has been a bit of wireworm and grub injury. Again, just mostly isolated patches, even within a field, it's not widespread. So kind of your typical seed seedling injury. But when I think about like wireworms and grubs, when we're having these really warm temperatures like we have been, Mm -hmm. um, they tend to just recede, right? And so they're not going to be feeding in the peak of the summer, so they're more early season, not mid-season pests. Are we still in the early season? I I would say no, but just because there's been some, it was a late start. Right. Yeah. Um, Going back to bean leaf beetle, Mm -hmm. uh, I have not seen this yet, but then I haven't really been walking beans um, but if there, if you were to see bean leaf beetles night right now, that's the overwintering generation, right? Correct. We're, so we're still... the overwinter as adults in leaf debris and around field edges, and then move into soybean once it emerges. So yep. we would still be seeing that 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 generation kind of active and in, in doing feeding. It's only going to be yeah that that few that survive through the winter. Right. 
Yep. And I uh, just based on overwintering temperatures, the prediction for adults making it through the winter was low. But, I mean, when you have the first beans out in the county or in the area, those beetles are very attracted to that, those first emerging beans. So you're going to see some activity. I mean, not it's, there's never 100% kill. So there's always a few survivors. Okay. Yeah, and not to make it personal and all about me, but in my little garden, I, I got hammered by something. Cucurbits? Uh, or what do you have in your garden? I've got um, sunflower, some oh. watermelon, uh, cantaloupe. Um, but the sunflowers were, were hit by something, and the, the cotyledons on those were mm. all were chewed upon, and some were completely gone. And I'm not, I don't know much about sunflowers, but I was a little surprised to see um, such consistent damage. And I'm not sure if it's four footed leafhopper or if it's some other bug mm. or some other critter. Yeah. Yeah. But the never been more angry and excited about a seed treatment than I was when I walked out into my garden and saw all that and I was like yeah this this would have been nice to have a seed treatment on those. So. Mm. Well I have heard just on the Twitter sphere people talking about striped cucumber beetle spotted cucumber beetle attacking those uh, vegetative early vegetative cucurbits on like for like um, some of the uh, small veggie farms around Iowa and some of the plants attacked very severely um, but uh, I haven't really heard of like other types of, mm-hmm. you know, vegetable. And I'm in an urban yeah. area, so yeah. it's probably something completely unique to mm-hmm. you know, my neighborhood. Who knows? They were just probably hungry. Yeah, yeah. Although there's plenty of stuff around the neighborhood to eat. Why do they have to be me? <laughs> anyway, any other pest activity? Uh, no, I mean, I think last time we, we podcasted, we talked about... Corn rootworm hatch is happening all over through, uh, all over the state, and then uh, I also put out a ICM news article this week on common stock borer, and it is a caterpillar that moves from brome grass to corn, and that is happening right now. So there's a very limited time in which to treat for common stock borer because once they move into a bigger house, a corn stock, you can't do anything about it, and so that's happening right now in a lot of counties. Hmm. But that that's maybe all that I know about and have been hearing about. So stock borer would be one that might show up in a field that had a cover crop, maybe at the field edge? Um, well, they, they overwinter in brome grass, and so if you happen to have a field that's really as surrounded by grass or has grassy patches within, okay. like depending on the landscape, they overwinter in grass stems. So um, not to my knowledge, like rye or other things, but um, more like grassy stems. Okay. Which, um, another observation I had, um, I saw a field of um, soybeans in which the uh, farmer had planted into the cover crop yeah. and then burned the cover crop down. Mm-hmm. So there was this above ground, you know, kind of burnt yep. rye dead, uh, but providing some cover and then the beans uh, underneath. And I, I've not seen that in mm. Iowa. Usually, you know, if I if there's a cover crop, um, they do the brown and down, you know, two weeks before planting and hope, hope to get that I mean, that before. would be ideal, right? Yeah, but, but that this was one of the first ones where they, they... And I asked him, I said, oh, were you, were you not able to get into the field? Was it just too wet? Because it's been wet in parts of Iowa where 
you know, it's been hard to plan. He's like, no, 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 I meant to do that. Yeah. I think that's a more common practice with beans. It's yeah. a less common practice in corn because you have limited herbicide options. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really striking to see so much, um, you know, I, vegetation. I, well, it's hard to call it vegetation when it's dead, right? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's you know, it was the the remains of the rye mm-hmm. cover crop mm-hmm. there, and and he's like, yeah, you know, I like that, yep. and you know, I'm trying to uh, hold that soil in place, and mm-hmm. and it it was you know, it suppresses weeds. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of benefits to. I mean, the the longer there's bare ground, you can. I mean, there's benefits for insect suppression, but like the weeds and other things are some negatives. Well, that was a question I was going to ask you: is are do you hear anything from farmers about you know, we've, we've talked a bit about the pest of corn that might occur because of a cover crop. What about pest of soybeans when using a cover crop? I mean, there would be the same chance if you had green rye standing and you had black cutworm, armyworms there, and then you burn, mm-hmm. like you said, browning down. <laughs> I hadn't heard that before. And you, you kill what they're feeding. They're going to hang around for a bit. So if there's soybean there, yeah, they'll... Armyworms and cutworms will go after soybeans. They're prolificous. They'll feed yeah. on either corn yeah. or soybeans. I think their preference would be corn, but yeah. if they're little, they're going to be feeding on whatever they can. Yeah. Well, anyway, what I what I saw looked really good. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, the farmer said it was intentional and, yep. and, and doing it for sort of soil health and, and you know, eliminating or preventing soil erosion. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. Seeing yeah. more of that now as more farmers are using I have a couple proposals in as a collaborative effort to learn more about how to best use cover crops. And my component I would be adding is is exactly what we were talking about, understanding the pest pressure that could happen with different practices as far as timing, all that. So hoping to learn more in the next couple summers about cover crops. Glad to learn. So much. I mean, especially for me, I I know virtually nothing about the use of cover crops. Well, anything else? I don't have a insect trivia, a fun insect trivia. Oh my gosh, there's a tear running down my face right now. We don't have a fit, Matt. I mean, I did give you an update on bug eaters. I feel like that is true. It's a follow up to the fit. Yeah, there you go. It's it's a fit bit. You're just getting to Mm. this. Listen to last week's episode. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't have too too much uh, else as far as activity, and I think. The hail damage is a really hot topic right now. We're having some extreme heat, and so um, it's not so much the drought stress that some areas have having, but um, the heat stress uh, can make plants shorter, and then that results in uh, maybe lower grain fills and things like that. So the agronomy people in my world are very concerned about yield potentials because of this uh, prolonged heat stress. However, we did get a little bit of break in the heat, right, with that rain that yes. came through. We're down yeah. to 80s, not the mm-hmm. 90. Feels pretty nice. Oh, it's so nice. Mm. Oh, my. It was beautiful out today, walking yeah. in the field. I was, it was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But I hear you. Hopefully things will dry out a little bit and this hail is in our past. Mm-hmm. All right. Did we do it? I think we done Any did it. Any upcoming events to talk about? June 23rd, Pollinator Fest, Ryman Gardens. Yep. Um, June 26th, and 27th, I'm going to be up in Madison, Wisconsin for a sustainable agriculture conference sponsored by the Agronomy Society of America. Mm. Um, cool. Yeah. And I think they're still taking applications if people want to um, apply. It's a two-day event. They're bringing in speakers from around the Midwest. I'll be talking about sustainable soybean production, the issues related to that, um, 
And Matt Liebman from Iowa State is going to talk about sustainable weed management. Amy Asmus, a certified crop advisor, will be talking about the practical issues related to trying to grow more sustainably. And that's just one session. They'll right. have sessions throughout the... the Sounds day. interesting. Yeah. Um, how about you? Any upcoming events? Anything? Um, no. I mean, not not next week. I'm trying to think of like next week. I don't know my you were, my calendar off offhand. I'm, I'm shocked by that because you were like ten times more busy than me. No, in the summer. No, nope. so, um, yeah. I'm just trying to think of next week. I think um, there's a few things, but not like uh, demos or anything like that. Well, going mm-hmm. forward, you can Google soybean entomology to find out more what's going on with us and our, find our podcast. Look up Aaron at Aaron W Hodgson on Twitter. She'll be tweeting upcoming events and activities. Email yeah. us, of course, O'Neill at iastate.edu and EWH at iastate.edu. By the way, I had somebody asked me the other day when I gave him my email address. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, not me. Somebody else said, you mean like Shaquille? I was like, yeah, yeah, exactly like Shaquille. <laughs> made me feel proud. Or, or <laughs> if you, hey, if you enjoy this podcast, and who doesn't, uh, subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast. Or just our website. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Done and done. Okay. See you next week. Next week.